Hello and welcome to the latest rendition of the podcast series from Missoula Broadcasting Company in association with the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival. I'm Coulter Nuanez. The Big Sky Doc Fest is back here in Missoula for the 19th year. Great to have everybody back in person at Missoula Broadcasting Company from the Trail 103.3 FM to ESPN 102.9 FM to the U1045 FM. We will have a variety of of podcasts featuring various filmmakers, directors, producers, cinematographers, and documentary subjects throughout the next two weeks here in the heart of February. So stay tuned and please subscribe to the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival podcast feed on any and all of your podcast hosting platforms. Myself, Robert Chase from The Trail 1033, Mike Smith from The Trail will also be conducting interviews throughout the next two weeks. So please enjoy each and every one of the behind-the-scenes interviews about each of these awesome documentary films. Missoula Broadcasting Company, proud to be a presenting sponsor and podcast partner of the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival back in the Garden City for its 19th year in a row. Please enjoy the latest podcast discussing the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival. In studio with Ryan Maxey, the uh, director of a new film that premieres at the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival called One Road to Quartzsite. And uh, this thing actually premiered last night, but there'll be another showing on Friday as well, 1 p.m. at the Wilma. And I can say with full confidence, I don't think we've played a lot of John Prine or anything uh, like this on this show, but uh, this is what Ryan was singing when he was coming in the studio. So we always let the guests pick the song. So good to have a a little new flavor here. On ESPN Radio. What's up, Brian? Thanks for being here, man. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So first of all, let's talk about last night because this thing debuted, and so you got a chance for other people to see your sort of work of art. That's a interesting experience and probably a nerve-wracking one as well as a filmmaker. But what, what was it like for you to have people co- sort of consume this documentary for the first time? Yeah, it was wild. It's my first ever feature-length documentary, and um, so... I, I was quite nervous about how it would be received and quite nervous to be in a room full of people and had nightmares about people walking out of the movie. <laughs> and uh, that didn't happen. That's it great. Sold out and people loved it. So I'm happy. Uh, I think the easiest way for me to set this up for our listeners is just to read basically this right off of the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival website. So this is this is just the couple sentences that they have when you click on the film. It says, A ragtag group of crust punks, libertarians, Snowbirds and elderly folks become unlikely neighbors during their annual pilgrimage to a temporary long-term camping community in Quartzsite, Arizona. Steeped in rural folklore and full of a diverse and quirky set of characters, One Road to Quartzsite is a beautiful, poetic, observational portrait of people trying to live outside the constraints of American society or just to simply escape winter. So sounds like this is a collection of uh, incredibly eclectic characters. <laughs> but yeah. tell us sort of the backstory of this. What's what made you? What's your connection? First of all, to Quartzsite. What made you want to make a documentary about this phenomenon of people sort of cumulatively snowbirding in this really remote Arizona town? Yeah, I, I have a vehicle that I live out of sometimes um, on the road, and and you spend enough time on the road, and you eventually pass through Quartzsite, whether it's to get the cheap gas that's there, or if you need a free place to stay because there's a lot of BLM free land around it and so 
yeah, hundreds of thousands of people in the winter migrate there and kind of set up shop, shop like in their RVs or their cars or and they even like it's public land but they build little yards and landscape architect their their zone so it's it's just an interesting place immediately an interesting place um but it's it was also a little bit of a confusing place for me because it was simultaneously inspiring but then simultaneously like uncomfortable at times with uh yeah interactions with folks and um political differences and things that yeah, sort of like challenged me, but I wanted to explore that and stay there. And um, so I lived there for quite a while before I took out the camera to sort of tell a lot of these people's stories. Yeah. So interesting because it, the, I, I thought Andrew, our producer, said something so good. He said, the best documentaries make ordinary people seem extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And this seems like such a, a coalescence of so many people from so many different backgrounds. So what was sort of the tipping point, though? What made you want to make a documentary about this? Is it just the fascination of how many different characters sort of descend upon this place? Yeah, I think, I think there, there's there's no there's no defined agenda with the piece. It's more of an exploration of of a mood of a place, and and there's a lot of melancholy there, which I'm attracted to in storytelling and. There's no interview. There's very few interviews in the movie. It's mostly just sort of like the camera fly on the wall, observing very different people's lives and and the little micro conflicts that exist in a place where lots of different people with lots of different um, belief systems sort of like end up neighbors. Sure. Like, and and. Yeah, so... Like, the one clip that I watched was just two gals. Yeah, it seemed yeah. like they had just met each other, probably, mm -hmm. and they were just sharing some tequila yeah. just in the afternoon. And yep, yep. So this is just sort of life on Earth, right? This yeah, and they both had both lost, lost their husbands, right. but, and they love, both love tequila, and so they're... they're I, I just sort of, like, sat back with, for a number of days with them and took hours of footage of them uh, in their RV talking about what's the best tequila is it the one from costco the kirkland <laughs> right. one or is it patron and then sort of like having a few drinks and and remembering their late husbands and also speaking a little bit about how there's these crust punks in the desert that they're like not super fans of and how they feel vulnerable being like single women sure. on the road too and how to sort of like navigate that that part of life as well so yeah very interesting <laughs> yeah. one road to courtside is the film it you can watch it again it debuted last night at the roxy but you can watch it again on friday 1 p.m at the wilma ryan maxey the director of the film in studio with me here on nuana's now espn radio this is the 19th edition of the big sky documentary film festival here in the garden city so very cool to have it back and if you can check out some of these films i promise you you'll you'll be educated and entertained at the same time so uh, whether you want to go to the theater or you want to stream it online you always can by visiting the big sky doc fest website so often in these films too you need sort of a central protagonist but it sounds as if maybe there's several or, or a variety of in this film so is that is that sort of the case with this uh, collection of people that was a big challenge yeah, yeah to not have a traditional arc of a beginning middle and end with one person and it's and it's kind of jumping around from person to person and and the story really lies in the conflicts of of their different belief systems and but that was a hard thing because it's you yeah it's tough to 
make a movie with so many characters and so much going on and not um, have it feel just totally like it's wandering around aimlessly. So uh, that's something I uh, struggled with, and I hope it works out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Crust punk. I've never heard this term before. What is that? What is that? What, what is that describing? Yeah, like it, there's. They call themselves by a lot of different names, but yeah, Travelers, Rainbow Kids, okay. Crust Punks, Train Hoppers, um, and they're just basically people who, uh, mostly young people who who don't have a home, live out of their backpack. Nomads. And, yeah, yeah. And just sort of like, yeah, follow the good weather, and but they're also like, like really rowdy people and like are they kind of like thrive in chaos and um yeah so do i so i i enjoyed hanging around those people a lot yeah it sounds like you mentioned that there was sort of a central conflict within yourself for mm. for this is that the central conflict of this film though, or is there a, sep a separate central conflict well i think the a lot of it ties to conflicts within myself that I'm sort of exploring and challenging myself living in a in a in a place that I wouldn't generally live. Um, yeah, but I think one of the big conflicts is like definition of freedom because there are people there who are like older folks living out their version of freedom that they like right, believe right. in, and then there are young folks living out a very different sort of type of freedom and they both feel very strongly about their particular brand of freedom right and so yeah when the like old elderly folks in quartzite see the young crust punks like asking for money on the street it rubs in the wrong way they sure. want them out they're trying to like work with city council to like get them out or they're working with blm rangers to to kick them out of there so they're so they're like place can be their perfect little place but it's that's what's cool because it's a lot of different people and it's their perfect little place that they're trying to keep it that way it's, it's kind of a to me a, a metaphor of of our country and struggle for sure that we're like going through right now and always uh, yeah. no yeah. question no, no question no. ryan maxi in studio with me colter nuanas here on nuanas now espn radio now where are you originally from originally from northern california okay mm -hmm. so I've always thought this. My family's from Arizona. We also spent time when I was a little kid in Nevada. Mm. And those are definitely two of the strangest places in America. There is, because mm. because you can find such levels of isolation, right? Yeah. And, and also just sort of the convergence of all sorts of different people coming there for a variety of reasons, whether mm. it's employment or industry or weather, like mm. it is so heavily in Arizona. Yeah. But did you sort of see that too? Because... There's some outposts in Arizona where there's a lot of strange folks all over the place, right? So do you sort of see that in this film? Oh, for sure. There are definite loner vibes right. in Quartzite. People that want to go out there and, like, be totally left alone. And, like, so they'll... It's, I mean, it's en endlessly expansive. Right. But like I said, you can kind of landscape architect your zone. And there are some people that that make a rock driveway that lasts for, uh, like, a mile. <laughs> and they'll make the driveway, and then they'll put signs, like, keep out, like, right, at right, the end right, of right. their driveway, and then they'll park their thing, like, way at the end of the driveway. But, and it, but of course, it's public land, so everyone can go, but there are ways of communicating, like, stay the 
bleep away from me, you know. Right. <laughs> like, I don't I don't want anything to do with anybody, and so it's I and I I feel that in myself too. Like I'm a people person, but I'm also like a loner. I like being alone, and and so that's one of the sort of like contrasts in my own personality that also exists there. People are going there to be left alone, but they're also like surrounding themselves by tons of people, so they kind of like community but they kind of want to be like left alone so. totally yeah. <laughs> totally well last thing for you that without too much of a spoiler alert what uh, what do you hope people take away from it is, is it just sort of this microcosmic example of multiculturalism in america yeah i i don't have an answer for that yeah it's yeah it's something, i guess whatever everybody takes away yeah, from it, right it's it's like with this movie there's no agenda it's it's sort of like presenting a painting and you look at it and you take what you do, what you will from it, and hopefully it moves you in a certain way, or it creates empathy, or it's just funny. Yeah, whatever it is, <laughs> I hope it's one of those things. <laughs> well, awesome. If you want to check this movie out here in Missoula, you can do it one more time on Friday, 1 p.m. at the Wilma, or you can always go to the Big Sky Doc Fest website and uh, get yourself one of those all-access passes or just a variety of different levels of passes. And Or if you just want to do a one-stop, you can do that for 10 bucks as well. So go do that if you were interested in this or any of the other films. Big Sad Documentary Film Festival back in Missoula for the 19th year. Ryan Maxey, the director of One Road to Court Site, joining us here on Nuanas. Now, thanks for being here, man. This was thanks great. Thanks for having me. Super fun.